I'll never forget the day I heard their plane had gone missing. What do you think really happened out there? All I know is that what happened was a tragedy. Those girls were special. They were champions. I used to think all the sex, the drinking, the drugs. I used to think I did those things because of what happened out there. What I saw, what I did. Hello, Misty, you crazy bitch. It's been a while. I take it you know why I'm here. Okay, I'm out of here. We agreed, say no more than we have to. The truth is, the plane crashed, a bunch of my friends died. And then the rest of us starved and scavenged and prayed until they finally found us. I think we both know there's more to it than that. I think it'll be good to reconnect with some old friends. This is Killer Casting. I'm Lisa Zambetti. I'm a casting director. And it's been a minute since we've talked, since we've been together. Hey, Ashley, our pal Greenwald, the lovely actress. Hi. Thank you and for putting lovely in front of that. Absolutely. And the equally lovely, you know him as the mm. thunder from down under, Dean Laffin. How are you? Hey, Dean? I'm very well. Thank you, Lisa. And lovely to be joining you gorgeous ladies in the pod after a little bit of a little bit of a work-induced layoff, wasn't it? Or layover, layoff. We have all been so, so busy. I've been casting a new movie that I'm so excited about called Skaters. Oh, what's it about? (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell you too much what it's Mm. about, but I can say it's a beautiful script. I mean, I would think I was five pages into the script and I... And I immediately emailed the producer and said, I have to do, I have to cast this. This is so mm-hmm. great. I don't, that doesn't happen very often, but it's about a group of young pre-Olympic skaters. So these are young, young skaters. If, and if you're already a skateboarder and are into vert skating, little, little ones get into this really high flying Tony Hawk style vertical skating. And so there's a lot of young girls who are really into it and who just shred hard i just learned that and they drop into the bowl and they do the blah 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 <laughs> anyway. i love that i love that they're girls I, oh i, I know i, I know that. and so i've been flung full force into the world it, yes girls skate when i had a huge open <sighs> call in a place in uh, southern california where a lot of people congregate to skate so anyway i'm just full f- and we're searching all over. We're searching worldwide for the roles and they're just great roles anyway, but that's been a lot of work because of course you're trying to find just to give people a a glimpse into the casting world, you know, we want to find real skaters who can really do it, but then they may not really be able to carry. There's a lot of emotion to carry in the film. So, so it's kind of that you're kind of torn because there are some really great young actresses, actors that I'm auditioning, but they don't really skate 
yet. I mean, they can be on a board. So it's this, you have to really juggle like what's going to be, who do you want to double and who do you, will you want to hang, keep searching, mm-hmm. searching, searching till you find just a prodigy actress who also skates. And for a small budget film, you can only search for so long before you have to roll or you have to push. So Anyway, it's an interesting process. And we fortunately, we do have a lot of options, but it's just really interesting. Anyway, so that's why I've been busy. But now it's Thanksgiving time, folks. It's time for binge eating and binge watching. And for me, (laughs) because my my birthday just happened, it's like this entire week is just like party, binge, relax as much as I can. Lisa Um, time. It's It's Lisa Lisa time. It's Lisa o'clock. That's Come right. On. So people were asking me, what did I do for my birthday? And I just binge watched a bunch of things. And so I know people will be doing that as their time is off this week and into the holiday. So I want to talk to you guys about what you're binging, what you're looking forward to catching up on. And I've got a couple of things and some of them are crimey, but a com- a, one of them is just crime adjacent. I don't know which one I should <laughs> mention first, but I'm going to mention this one that if you go on Amazon, Prime right now. There's some really great deals for for vi- for what for watching. I'm scared you're gonna say what what's on my list. Oh, okay. okay. I, I probably- you're you're describing it the same way. Oh, okay. Well, if you go on Amazon Prime right now for 99 cents, you can get subscriptions to PBS Masterpiece and Showtime and Epics and all kinds of stuff. So it's a really good time. I, I'm sure this is not what you're thinking of, Ashley. Okay. 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 So this is on PBS Masterpiece. Um, and I binged it all night. And it's called Press. And it's a British, I don't know, BBC Four or whatever it is, um, series starring Charlotte Riley. And Ben Chaplin. Now, if you remember who Ben Chaplin is, he was like this dreamy British heartthrob that was Julianne, um, Julia Roberts's love interest in Mona Lisa Smile. And yeah, yeah. Oh, so he's, he's gone from being like this doe-eyed matinee idol to having some really hard edges now that he's older. And so he stars as this editor of like this really rag British newspaper. And he's just horrible. I mean, he's just Machiavellian and he's Mm. just a wonderful cad. So at the opposing paper, the editor is, um, Priyanka Burford, who is an amazing British actress, and they kind of go head to head um, trying to scoop each other. But there's also a performance by this wonderful reporter played by Charlotte Riley. Now, the last time I saw Charlotte Riley, so she's a British actress of great acclaim and fame. She was starring in the most batshit crazy rendition of Wuthering Heights that I had ever seen (laughs) starring. She was playing Kathy to Tom Hardy's Heathcliff. Oh my God. Okay. They're married. They're married. Oh, they are? Oh. Yeah. Are they? Okay. Yes, well, that, it's that a shows South you... Tom Hardy. Okay. Well, this, he is so cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs in as Heathcliff. <laughs> I mean, he's got a wig. He's got a limp. He's got, he's in he you can't even understand what he's saying because his his accent is like, Kathy Harrow <laughs> I mean, he is it. I'm going to find a clip and post it. So you guys know what I'm talking about. Anyway, that's (laughs) the last time I saw 
Charlotte Riley, but now she's playing this wonderfully just sharp, intelligent, dedicated reporter. And it's just, this has got great characters. It's called Press. And and as I said, it's about these two rival newspapers, as you may or may not know in, in the UK. I mean, newspapers are just just cutthroat with each other. I mean, the British press is just famous for being just more over the top than than American press. But anyway, so it's about these rival newspapers. And uh, I just loved it. I just fell in love with it. All of the characters are are just fantastic. And the relationships are really evolved. And so I highly recommend it. You can watch Mm -hmm. it on on it's on it's the BBC Productions, but you can watch it on PBS's Masterpiece channel, and you can get that by going to Amazon and paying 99 cents for the next two months. So there you go. So that's my first one. Cheapest chips. Huh? Cheapest chips. Cheapest chips. That's right. Okay. Who wants to go next with their binge wreck? Oh, it's got to be ladies first. You you go, Ash. I will go. Um, So this is a show that I've actually now binged twice. Uh-huh. And I, th- it's on Amazon as well, which is why I thought that we were talking about the same show. But it's it's called Grimm. Has have either of you seen it at all? No, Any of no but this no. is with David Giantoli, right? Yes. So it turns out he and I not in the same class, but we have filmed and taken courses at the same acting studio. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. Maybe I feel a kinship towards him. I didn't know that when I first started watching. Mm-hmm. By the way, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I started watching it on a fluke. I uh-huh. and I was I started watching it on the third episode, not even the pilot, because I walked in on someone else watching it and got I love that. That's how oh, I love that's Lisa's thing. That's how Lisa that's rolls. My, that's Lisa, my thing. Lisa started in on, on Fargo in series yeah. four. It's like that's what? amazing. <laughs> that's a whole other situation. But this it, it was insane. And what's so crazy is that the second time that I watched it all the way through, I did start at the beginning. And there are so many nuances after six seasons, Mm -hmm. so many nuances, even from the pilot that remained throughout the show into the very last episode. But it's it's amazing. I haven't even given the plot. It's about um, a police officer, a detective in Portland. And the first thing I think of, I don't know about you guys, but Voodoo Donuts. They yes. only reference they yes. only reference it once and it's really upsetting. Other than I that, have been to Voodoo Donuts, Dean. It's like a very famous donut oh. shop that has all kinds mm. of crazy flavors of like pickled peanut butter donuts or uh, whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds amazing it. to me. I have the palate of a pregnant woman, but I <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a while till you find out then. It's like you might be like, uh, if, if it ever happens, you might be three or four months in going, well, I always eat this stuff. Wait a minute. Yeah, These jeans it. are getting tight. <laughs> I'm pregnant. Okay, I'm not. Anyway, <laughs> the show is um, Nick. His name is Nick, the character, and he is a detective and he's living his life. Suddenly his grandmother who raised him because you learn this all in the pilot. His mother passed away. His grandmother raised him. No, his aunt. I'm sorry, not grandmother. It's his aunt. His aunt raised him and she passes away and she was a grim and that trait is handed down um, to him. And that means that he can see things that we can't. He can see, if you take grim fairy tales, like beasts 
and creatures right. and okay. werewolves kind of and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and they live amongst us and mm. they can transform, but they have two shapes. They can transform to be seen and transform not to be seen, but in a moment of peril, like they're nervous, mm. so they can't help it. it. But a Grim can see both. So he's a detective and now he, it, it's, so it's a procedural, but now he takes this crazy family trait and uses it as a detective right. to solve murders and break-ins. And it's incredible. It's so binge-worthy that it's almost ridiculous because I've, I've like I said, I binged it twice. I'm going to start my third round tonight oh, after wow. this. I'm not, it's that good. <laughs> but I'll tell you, it's so good that I, I, when I talk about the show, I don't, I've only met a couple people that have watched it. Mm -hmm. Many people have said, oh yeah, I heard about it. The uh, Portland thing. And I was like, yeah, Portland. Yeah. yeah. But it has a huge, like almost like cult fan base, like Rocky yeah. Horror Picture Show fan base online. Yeah. Mm, right. I believe it. I believe it. It's yeah. amazing. So it's, it's so binge worthy that it's almost crazy. I'm not kidding. It's, and it, and it's for almost any per, any person that likes any genre. It's a cop show. It's a procedural. It's fantastical. It's fantasy. Yeah, yeah. And kind of a love story. I know that Bitsy Tullock plays. I think his his uh, love interest in it. And they are very they're they are married in real life. They're married in real Tullock. life. Yeah, um, yeah. She plays his love interest. Uh, she's in the pilot with him. Um, I love her so much. Uh, yeah. It's she a plays great his cast. love interest. Yeah. So Russell Burnsby, Silas Weir happen. Mitchell, who a lot of these people who I've I cast on Criminal Minds. <laughs> so, um, yep. It's yeah. Just got I've a seen great, them great cast. And, it, and, and it Sasha Rose. I, I don't mm -hmm. know if I'm pronouncing his last Royce. name correctly. Uh -huh. Royce. Okay. Uh -huh. He yeah. is so dreamy. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good one. That's like, Let's see that that wrapped in what 2017? Yeah, was it 2017? Yeah, 2017. Okay, cool. Okay. So, uh, Dean, you have something more recent or what? Mm, I, I do. Well, we'll get to some recent stuff, but as I started to think about my list for this, I realized that what I've been doing, I've been incredibly busy, like stupidly busy. My work really peaks at this sort of even these months, September, October, November. And now we've just picked up new projects into December. So this is like the worst time for me to, to be, have any time. <laughs> so I've, but I've been snacking on things. And what I've been doing, I found myself re-binging. And so I'm going to open up and I'm just going to hit the highlights real quick of okay. things that I need to re or that I'm going to re-binge and things that I need to finish. When you you have a series and you really like it and it's really good and you, you wait for series one or you watch series one and then you wait for series two and you watch series two and then series three drops, but you, you're just super busy and you don't quite get to it. And then it's kind of forgotten about and it mm -hmm. remains to be ticked off. And I've got a couple of those. First of all, I watched a couple of eps of our, our beloved and God knows we plugged the show enough, Mr. In Between, and I haven't seen them for six months and I was just struck by just, oh my God. Oh, just how how tight the writing is and just how good it is. So I'm going to sit down and just binge those from, oh from one God. to three. Okay. Wait, I've never reps. seen that. What is what is Mr. Inbetween? Go back oh, and listen to well, our man. first dozen our episodes. Our we, very first episode. We, we, it's we, a, we covered it ad nauseum at this point. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, okay. I'm not going to bore the listeners, but yeah, it's one that you, you could pick up and binge. The other thing that I just stumbled across, actually my wife put it on the other day and I went, my God, this was so good. 
And that is the, it was released in 99. And that was Matt Groening's follow up to The Simpsons, which was Futurama, the animated oh. series Futurama. Mm-hmm. It, it is staggeringly good. It's 20 years old. It is so funny, so sharp, so dry. The voice casting is insanely good. And the, the little digs in the script are just so funny. There's so many references to real life events. And I, I was reminded of my, one of my kids who are now in their 20s. I said, oh, Dad, remember we used to watch this in, in our previous home? And if you look oh, in the... That's right. I'll, I'll start that again. And if you look in the background of some of the scenes that they've drawn, you see signs in this sort of pictographic language and somebody, some bright spark, went and d- d- worked out what the, each of the symbols were and then made a little chart, like, an, like a, de- a decoding chart. Uh-huh. And so you could pause it. And then de, sort of decrypt what the what was written on the walls. It might have been graffiti or a sign or something. And it was always hilarious. So loving Futurama. And then some that I've got to finish off, uh, there was a brilliantly funny series that came out a few years ago called Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah. Was, yep. Yeah, yep. A, a piss take a on cap, capital raisings and technology. I've got the last season of that to watch. I also started but didn't finish uh, from the same era, a, a very highly well-reviewed series called Halt and Catch Fire, which is yep. uh, set in, again, in the computer industry in California in the 80s. Yep, so it's sort of the Lee, birth Lee Pace and Scoot McNary. Exactly. Lee Pace, who I directed in New York when he was just hey, out oh, of Juilliard. little misname dropper. Yes, <laughs> he was lovely to direct. Very nice. cool guy. Okay. And then just a couple more. A show which I think, if I've, remember correctly, was the very first series ever commissioned by Netflix. And that was the wonderfully quirky and beautifully put together, beautifully written uh, Lilyhammer starring uh, Stephen Van Zandt. I thought it was House of Cards. I thought House of Cards was the first one, but maybe you're right. No, but you must be right. Yeah, I I didn't have time to look it up before we jumped on, but um, if not, it was very early in the piece. And so Stephen Van Zandt um, uh, from, of course, The Sopranos, but better known perhaps as a, as an, as a singer and, and sideman to uh, Bruce Springsteen, he's written and um, produced and created this beautiful show. And, and it sets it up. What I love about it is in the first 10 minutes, he's, he's, a, he's working for the mob. He's an enforcer. Something happens and, and they accidentally shoot his dog, Lily, hence the name Lily Hammer. And he's like, that's it. I'm rolling on him. He testifies against them. And he says, I want to go to Norway. That's where I want to be in witness protection. And they're like, Norway? And so within 10 minutes, you're in Norway. And so it's a fish out of water. It's brilliantly funny. It's really tender. I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. I have to get back to the last or the the previous series of Ozark, which I love. And and, and that that last season is sitting there. Justin Bateman is Mm. unbelievable in Mm -hmm. the acting. and, And, of course, he directed the first series Jason as Bateman, well. But yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. J- Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Teen and, and, Wolf, too. Teen Wolf, too. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's Come right. on. But, but especially also because it's got Julia Garner in it. And I absolutely love that woman. She is such a quirky. She's amazing. She's beautiful, mm-hmm. but she's got this little kind of X Factor weird thing going on with her. In the same <laughs> way, reminds me a lot of Ellen Barkin. She's just, a, she's really gorgeous and sexy. And there's something really watchable about her face. It's just yep. when she scrunches mouth. her face It's all up, in the mouth. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. It's the mouth. Yeah, She's yeah, emotive. Yeah. She can really um, capture and expel emotions. Yes, exactly. So they're my catch-ups that I need to do. Okay. 
Well, I'm going to bring us into something that's very recently on. And the only reason I started watching this, weirdly enough, is because my current director of the movie I'm casting went to Columbia Film School with this showrunner. And this show has been in the making for years and years and years. And it's called Yellow Jackets. And you can watch it. Where am I watching? Where am I watching it on? Am I watching it on Amazon or Netflix? I can't remember. But anyway, so this is a great so far. I'm really loving it. I think there's only been two episodes, but it's about I'm not going to spoil anything, but you this in the first five minutes that it's it's about this girls high school soccer team who go um, on a road, go fly in to some sort of, you know, championship conference but their plane crashes and they're all you know stranded in the canadian wilderness and it flashes back and forth in time from the time of the crash to many many years later of the survivors and you're not sure really who survived and who didn't but Mm -hmm. something very lord of the flies happened when they were stranded because they were stranded for like 19 months and had oh, to survive wow. in the wilderness. So the oh, really cool thing God. from a casting director's point of view is you have characters who are supposed to be in high school and then fast forward however many 30 years later, 40 years later, and then they're all grown up. And so I love that uh, whenever I've had to do it in an episode or in a film, because I love trying to match up those um, characters from young and old. And this, so star- they're two different people playing. Yes. Oh, yes. okay. So I really love better than the old age, young age mm-hmm. makeup, you know? So mm-hmm. the older versions of these characters, the lead is Melanie Linsky, who is just one of my favorite actresses. She started out opposite um, Kate Winslet in Heavenly Creatures. A one of my of- favorite mm. films of all time. Oh, yeah. Not That's to mention amazing. the story it's based on is so gruesome mm. and almost insane. It's... <laughs> Oh yeah, we should do. You know what? We should do an episode of movies based on true crimes because that would be a good one to break down. I bet. Oh Um, yeah, I haven't seen it in a really, really long time. But a lot of people may know Melanie Linsky for the kooky turn that she did when she played the neighbor who's in love with Charlie Sheen on Two and a Half Men. That's probably where most people know her from. But she is such a complex and vulnerable actress. So she plays one of these high school girls much later um, as an adult. And, and then the brilliant and crazy um, Juliet Lewis also right. plays one of the survivors. And then um, to top it all off as if that wasn't good enough, Christina Ricci plays oh, another one. So it's the big guns. what a big, yeah. Talk about a big gun cast. And what I do love mm-hmm. about the younger kids, well, the, the girls, the, the actresses who are playing them as high school age. And this is what I'm struggling right now on my current show is all of the girls who are playing high school are like in their mid twenties or late twenties. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they're playing 16, 17, 18, but they're really, really much older. Now, every time a casting director is faced with uh, casting teenagers, you always have that like, Oh God, if we could just cast 18 plus to play younger because you can shoot them for much, much longer children's shooting hours very rightly so is highly controlled Mm. and so you can only shoot kids for a certain amount of hours 
and mm-hmm. and especially at night they it's called i think it's called pumpkin hour where they turn into pumpkins at a certain hour you can't shoot <laughs> past bedtime basically and they also have to be schooled you have to have even if it's summertime you have to have on set school teachers on so it's it gets really complicated when you have real teenagers playing teenagers and so they've just eliminated that altogether <laughs> with this series <laughs> and cast some fantastic actresses most of these actresses I've seen a million times in for the things that I've I've cast and I think a couple of them I did get on Criminal Minds but Sammy Hanratty she's just a wonderful young actress Jasmine Savoy Brown Liv Huseman, Jane Whittup, and they're from all over. One of them's Canadian, one of them's Australian. So I've, I'm just really loving this show. It's um, it's very, it's it, it goes there. It's very mm. eerie. It's very gory. Mm-hmm. These women are definitely scarred by this experience. There's a lot of secrets that are being kept. But I love the flashback and flash forward. I love that narrative structure. So Yellow Jackets, please, please check it out. Oh, it's on Showtime. Mm. So it's on Showtime. So turn on your Showtime, watch the show, and then I'm going to have to go and turn on HBO to watch Succession. That's the thing. Next thing I have to catch up on. But um, don't you, don't you steal show. my thunder. Don't you oh, steal I'm not, my thunder. I'm not stealing it. I'm not stealing anything because <laughs> I haven't watched anything. Okay, Ashley, you go. Then I've got one more after after you and then. Okay. So this next one is very big right now. Um, but I, it's, Oh, if you can hear my dog, sorry. Um, it's, it's very big right now, but I didn't watch it because it's popular. I binged the show specifically because, and this is terrible. It's awful, but the lead reminded me so much of my (laughs) ex-boyfriend I thought so I I genuinely and I still kind of think that someone might have like known him and in a good way or in in a good way or a terrible way way, in a terrible way once I tell you (laughs) and wrote this show because there are conversations that I've had with him that are almost like verbatim in this show oh no the show is called you and I'm sure everyone knows what it is Ken Badgley (laughs) is a sociopath in this show. He's also a murderer. And it's it, it was originally a Lifetime show. Now it's a Netflix original. And the first season was aired on Lifetime and then it mm. moved to Netflix. This third season was just um, released about, I don't know, a month ago maybe. It's You could binge it in a day. Mm-hmm. It's like 10 episodes and they're crazy and thought-provoking. The, I mean, without giving too much away, the murder continues, but they're re- it's a really great show. But when I watch it, it's so weird because I'm like, am I watching a reality show with my ex-boyfriend oh, or so am I watching funny. this scripted show? And it's so weird. And, and, and it's, it's just a, ter- and it's not something that I would brag about. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be like, yeah, I, I dated a guy just like that. No, it's awful. He's a mm. terrible person. But watching, you, they sort of give you, and something that I believe the lead pen he had talked about before taking on the role is that he didn't want like uh, stalking and, and this type of relationship to be glorified. Yeah. And it doesn't do that. It just makes it, you're, you almost feel like, wow, I understand well, what he's saying. But- yes. 
Well, so we were going to, we almost were going to cover this on my other um, true crime show, a real crime profile, because it basically, Dean, it is based at first. Mm, I I only watched, I only watched the first couple of episodes, but it is like through the eyes of a, of a a serial killer and a stalker and what they see from their point of view and what they understand Mm -hmm. and what they don't understand and the signals that they pick up without victim blaming, blaming the victim, but it just kind of shows what translates in their mind. So I did think that was interesting, but then I just kind of lost the thread of it. We didn't end up doing it, but I think it is interesting. Those kind of shows for me have to walk a very fine line that you're not glorifying and romanticizing um, a psychopath, but Hey, um, the next show I'm going to talk about definitely does that. So. And I, I I wouldn't say that the show does. I think if you're young and watching it, like if you're a teenager and watching it, it, you might, think it's oh wait no he just like he he's just an obsessive kind of guy but then he goes and like murders and you're like no uh, no, but I think no, that it's actually doing a big favor, you know, for women who need to have a wake up call, maybe and go right you know, be on the lookout for a guy mm-hmm. like this. Because well, the- it's funny because the way I saw him, at least in the first season, speak to the girl that he was wooing, I'll say, and and also how he in the second season was speaking to love. It was so similar how my ex was wooing me in that stage and that love bombing stage. And it's so like watching it made me feel really disgusting. But at the same time, watching it was like validating. Cause I was like, what they exist. They walk among us mm-hmm. and, and they look just like you. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like coercive control would be in these toolkit as well, Lisa. Yeah, probably. Very I think, much. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. What, what I can remember from the first season is like he was doing a lot of isolating behavior, trying to separate mm. her from her friends and yeah. Yep. Yeah, do everything did. for her and that kind of thing. So, yeah, whoever wrote this, mm-hmm. I think probably was following a really good script of coercive control, love bombing, as Ashley, you said. So this is a good transition since you brought up a serial killer so i have just started watching the new dexter new blood so i'm i'm conflicted i'm definitely into it i love watching michael c hall when he's trying to be super normal in these situations and he's you've got the voiceover of what he's really thinking i love that so i'm not spoiling anything to say that dexter the serial killer who ravaged Miami, ravaged Florida is now in the the wilderness. I think they shot this in Massachusetts. I don't know where it's supposed to be. Maybe in Canada. I'm not uh, sure. Where. No, it's yeah, it's it, it's based in upstate New York. Upstate New York. Yeah. So it's very snowy, very it's mm. wonderful, isolated. And they've populated the cast with a lot of indigenous talent uh, with talent, but who happen to also be indigenous, which I love. In fact, so Julia Jones plays his love interest. She's like the chief of police in this small little mm-hmm. little town. And she's an actress, beautiful actress, indigenous. And then her daughter is played by Johnny Sequoia, who we actually tested for reservation dogs. Mm. She was up for the lead role oh. of that. So it's it's as you would expect. He's living, he's got this new life. He's living up in the wilderness in this tiny small town. And this tiny small town is full of a lot of characters quote unquote (laughs) characters and that for me is a lot less interesting because you've got like the deputy who's dopey opie very (laughs) dumbly bumbling guy and then you've got 
I don't know. I like the characters are just kind of caricatures a little bit. Mm. Even the bad people are just so bad. So obviously douchey. But it's very cool to see this Dexter character in the orbit of these of these other characters. Oh, there was one thing I was going to say. Now I just forgot what it was. Oh, but they bring back, and this is not a spoiler. They bring back Jennifer Carpenter, who in the original series Mm. played his sister, his confidant. And then who, I don't even remember how, but she dies at the end of that series. So she comes back as, as this ghost who's constantly in his ear saying, don't do that. Or make sure that you're suppressing all of your serial killer impulses but they make her this harpy i mean she like is so annoying i'm like (laughs) do they hate her like i don't understand why they they, they've just done this very strange jarring turn with her and in the original dexter he did also have like the ghost of his father who kind of wandered around with him and tried to keep him on the straight and narrow and tried to protect him you know in his Mm -hmm. imagination but this is just so very harpy like so I don't know, but I'm into it. I, I I love the series. I'm into it, but I'm just like, hmm, it's it's just interesting that they've made so many broad stroke choices mm. with the, the characters. Anyway, okay, Deanie. It, or- is it a reboot or is it like just a new mini series that they're going to end? Just a continuation, but it does it doesn't have another season in the works oh that i don't know i don't know what the deal was with this i mean it's got probably such a huge fan base oh the other thing i wanted to mention we haven't talked about this dean but opening credits and things like that oh, yeah. love closing them. credits are very interesting to me and i love i love taking them apart and these opening credits are very are so flashy and there's one thing that they do in the beginning of every episode instead of just having the title of the episode, like a regular title, it's hidden sort of somewhere in the scene. So the title of this one episode is like there's a mirror in in the bathroom and it's kind of a foggy mirror and you see the title in the mirror. So I do like that. I I mean, we've talked, I don't know if we've talked to Dean, but there are some, the opening credits of Mindhunter are incredible. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas the opening credits of Morning Show, I can't stand and I'm constantly skipping. So I don't know. Opening (laughs) credits are are a passion of mine. But anyway. Yeah, we've we've got to do an episode on that. There's a, if I'm not wrong, the original series of Dexter, it might be the same guys who did it because there was a, I think there still is a firm called Digital Kitchen. They're they're FX and title specialists, and they did some of the best opening titles ever. I'm pretty sure they did Dexter, and they also did the fantastic opening titles to... It's just popped out of my head. What was the one that Michael was in before? Six, Six feet, feet under. under. I knew you were going to say that. Under. Oh. Yeah, Six feet yeah. Under. I knew you were going to say that. That's and that's, they yes. they sort of have a kind of a house style. Mm-hmm. And and when you look at really good titles, you go, oh, I think that might be them. You look it up, you go, yeah, that's them. So yeah, love the love the work of those guys. We could do an app on on opening and closing yeah. titles. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, my next one is going to sound a little bit weird. Lisa, you know me pretty well, but this might be one that I think I might sit and watch with my wife. I reckon she'll be into it. I haven't seen anything but the trailer, so this is one I'm planning to watch. And for me, it's a period piece, so that's unusual for me, right? But that would be the great. Uh, oh, I'm I love it. You know yeah. that. I love yeah. that. It's so yes. good. Okay, love you guys have both seen it. Yeah, yeah it, it just it. seems. The second the, season is either coming out or is out. 
Yeah, it's just dropped. And if I if I wasn't already convinced to watch it in the first one, I just found out that Gillian Anderson has a recurring role yes. in season two. It's like, that's it. I'm double in. I'm double in. I'm all in on that. Um, and then we just mentioned that the other, uh, just recently, um, earlier in the pod, um, I'm really keen to see Succession because mm. I've seen nothing of it except the titles, if only for Brian Cox. Yeah. And let, let's just give mm. a little bit of Brian Cox love here because I, I think he first popped in Manhunter. Uh, back in 1986, the brilliant Michael Mann film that mm-hmm. introduced um, Hannibal Lecter. And so Brian played was the first person to play Hannibal Lecter, mm-hmm. even though Tony became famous for it. Um, and he's just been I, this, incredible. This is so all new news to me. I had no idea that there was a Hannibal before there was a Hannibal. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. so the, the guy that wrote the book wrote, um, the book that he wrote was called Red Dragon. Right. And, and they made the film, but... How did it go? Michael Mann, there was another film that came out at the same. Oh, A Year of the Dragon had just come out with Mickey Rourke, which again is a film I love, but it bombed. And um, and Michael Mann said, not going to release a film that's got dragon in it, so I'm going to call it Manhunter. And that's what he did. And so that Billy Peterson, William Peterson playing yep. Will Graham and, uh, and Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter and the wonderful actor Tom Noonan, that really oh, tall, yeah. weird-looking dude, can be love very Tom. creepy. Um, he plays this character, Francis Dollarhide, who is, uh, they call him the tooth fairy. He murders families. And I remember reading the book when I first, long before the films were made, I read read the first two. That was Red Dragon. And then he wrote Silence of the Lambs after that. And, of course, then the movie got made and took off. But this he, he, he invented, this is back in the 80s, he invented the, in film the criminal psychological profiler. And, and in the real FBI, that unit had only been put together, as you well know, Lisa, and the history of the BAU, mm-hmm. that was only made, uh, put together in the FBI by, was it William Teton and John Robert Douglas? Rus- Robert and Russell, Robert yeah. Russler, yeah. Rob Russler, yeah. In like five years before that. And yet this guy had only written one book prior to this. It was a, and it was turned into a movie called Black Sunday. It was a, you know, ridiculous plot about uh, a terrorist um, bombing, killing the president with a, a, a bomb on, on an airship over over the Super Bowl. <laughs> so he's gone from that to write and to inventing an entire genre. So you, when you look at anything psychological, Lisa, your show and yeah. all the other all the other shows like that that are based on profiling, they can all trace their DNA back to this book because it didn't exist before that book. So anyway, slight diversion, but Brian Cox was fantastic in that. And then, of course, he was in just a succession of, of things like Rob Roy, The Long Kiss Goodnight, Kiss the Girls, The Bourne franchise. And I found out, Lisa, he was in a little film called Rise of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> yes, he was. That little indie. Do, do, do you yes. know who cast him in that? Well, I didn't. I wish I could claim that I cast him. I was just the assistant at that time, but I okay. remember that. So anyway, back to succession. I, I, I live in the corporate world, and so it, it's a thinly veiled take on, on the Murdoch family, of course. So I'm, I'm keen to, to get a look at that. And then something that I just stumbled across that looks really cool, and I didn't even know it existed, there is an animated series called Blade Runner Black Lotus. Ooh. And it's it's sort of the, the creators are Japanese, so that's like a Japanese manga sort of a take. And chronologically, it's set between the original Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. Oh, so I've seen the trailer. It looks really cool. Uh, and I'm, so I'm planning on, on watching that. And I also, this is, I have to, this is a, a guilty admission, I have to start binging, I have to start watching Curb your enthusiasm. I have not. <laughs> yes, you do. I, I've, yes, I've you seen, do. I've seen like half uh, half of two episodes, and I'm like, this looks really good. 
But that that thing when you've got a series that you're so far behind on and everyone's already watched 10 episodes of a series or whatever, and you're like, ah, oh, this is going to be a big <laughs> That's task, me and right? Seinfeld, actually. Oh, I only funny. recently started watching it. I'm on the second season. And I'm from New York, so it's like... <laughs> I know, that's I, so I, crazy, Ashley. I know, but it's well, good. It's really good. Well, Dean, I'll be interested to see here your take on Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is such a quintessentially... Uh, both a New York and an LA show. It's a quintessential, mm. you know, New York transplant to LA it is so specific. Right. To, I am that. Yes, I know. I mean, I know sometimes you wonder if I get Australian humor or references. I'm going to really wonder if you get some of the references that are incurred. We, we binged it with the boys like last year or something like right. that. And right. some of it holds up. Some of it's like, <laughs> you know, <but> anyway. <laughs> Starbucks scene. Did you have, oh, you haven't started it yet. There's a scene in Starbucks that's like one of the funniest things. Even my brother thought it was funny. My brother doesn't think many things are funny. And tons of cameos. Look, there's there are cameos yeah. that don't even make any sense. Like John Hamm is in a scene where he's just an extra. I mean, it is just the most random <laughs> thing. But anyway, yeah. um, oh, well, that's great. Okay. Um, mm. So I, that's, that's it for me. I'm going to you know, hopefully finish um, British Baking Show and Project <laughs> Runway um, and catch up on Succession as well and watch the, the movie Young Rich or King Richard. Sorry, not Young Richard, King Richard. Um, I have a really quick, fun one that's not scary or like mm -hmm. particularly thought provoking. Um, but if I was a big fan of The Hills like 15 years ago. <laughs> when it was on. And one of the women that was on it named Whitney Port has a YouTube. So this is on YouTube, but she has. I've a, heard of it. I've, I've heard of YouTube. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> it's this little small website. Um, but she has a show on not YouTube TV, but on YouTube on just on her channel. And she rewatches the episodes <laughs> with her husband and critiques everything and gives you some like backstory. And it's, so good. I love not it. only am I like having nostalgia rewatching the show that I loved, but then she's like, yeah, um, that never happened. Uh, that's the fake storyline. The Oscar goes to <laughs> it, it's so good. So if you want something light and fun, it's usually like 25 to 30 minutes and they're hysterical together. And, uh, so I, I definitely recommend that Whitney port or Whitney Eve port. Um, it's a, it's so funny. You just reminded me that if you ever are a, want a deep dive on Grey's Anatomy, you can watch the pilot and watch the commentary that Catherine Heigl and T.R. Knight do. Uh, it mm -hmm. is hilarious. They are taking the piss out of themselves. She's like, what was I thinking in that scene? But he's like, is anybody going to watch this show? It's like, oh my God. I, so I love funny. that. And it's like the biggest show. <laughs> I know. But anyway, well, right, okay. Well, Dini, what else? Yeah. I'm just got, look, I've got two more to close out uh, for me and they're both refer referential ref. No, not referential referencing some of our earlier episodes. I, and this is, it's, it's funny for Australians to think that there's an American TV series called uh, and, and based on animal kingdom. Right, which oh, I yeah. believe is pretty popular over there now, yeah. and 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 a lot of Americans might not know that that came from one of the one of the groundbreaking Australian crime films ever made. It's it's a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. So we know it over here from 2010, um, the the film version of Animal Kingdom, based on tr uh, true events that happened in here right here in Melbourne in my hometown, where two police constables were executed 
by mm. by um, bank robbers because the bank robbers got sick of the of the cops shooting them to death. Uh, because at that time in Melbourne, the uh, armed robbers squad, because armed robberies were insane uh, at the time here, they were like ten a week in Melbourne wow. uh, back in the days when cash was a thing. And so the armed robbery squad became just rogue, and they would just go out and they would find these guys and just execute them and drop a gun on them and say, "Yeah, he pulled first. And so the co- the crooks got sick of it and executed these two cops. So that's kind of how the, the film got made. Wow. And as Lisa knows, um, it was made by the Blue Tongue Mafia. So it was David Nisho directing um, and um, cast by Kirsty McGregor, who cast mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Inbetween. So there's the, the same crew basically made Animal Kingdom as who made Mr. Inbetween now. And, um, and it, uh, it stars uh, as well, uh, the, the film version of Animal Kingdom stars uh, J- uh, Joel Edgerton, brother of Nash, director of Mr. Inbetween. So that's all interlinked. Uh, so I'm keen to have a look at the TV series, and because it's uh, people, great, yeah, it's people really talk about great. it. Yeah, and of course, it's got the beautiful Ellen Barkin in it, who I I, I believe is awesome mm. in the role. Yes, and yeah. I I have inside information about that, but anyway, at another Ooh. time we will All right. we will talk okay. about that. And then to finish off, and I only I stumbled across this online. Uh, it's a it's a fan site on Fargo. And as Lisa, as we know, Noah Hawley in those TV series has constructed the most intimate, sorry, intricate and interlocking universe of Fargo's. You can have people in something happening in episode one set in 1950-something that then becomes linked and is really important in, in the, the one set in the 80s. And in this fan site, they've they've put the how you can watch it, which series you watch in what order, because it's not chronological, of course, through series one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Here's the order that you watch them in. Here's where the film fits in. And here's all the all the connections, <laughs> invisible connections around that explain oh, it. Oh, that's so, so cool. That I'm very amazing. keen to uh very keen to do that over the summer break. And that'll be when I say summer, that's that's our December, of course, December Jan. And by the way, Americans, I'm here on this special thanksgiving episode we don't have that there's no thanksgiving in australia it's yes, just we it's just know. getting towards the end of the year and we're I mean, just the, trying to get get the our rest shit of the world doesn't celebrate thanksgiving i coast, can't believe it just coast into christmas yeah i know well yeah, hopefully we can get this cut before thanksgiving hopefully um, and this will go out. <laughs> well okay i'm so happy to have jumped on with you guys just to talk about this is my favorite time of the year to where i can just watch 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 because everybody's mm-hmm. on break and things are shutting down hollywood is just about to shut down for both thanksgiving and for hanukkah will um, you re-watch screams one through four so that we can chat about that and then be prepared for number five because i could not be more excited and i need okay. you to get on my I love okay, we'll try. Well, yeah, so coming soon, we'll be talking about Scream. We're also going to be doing a special on who we should cast as James Bond. We're going to have Dean mm. and my friend Adam Spiegelman talk about that. And you both are going to have to convince me why I should care about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, I've, I've been so busy uh, for, for people in America. Melbourne has been locked down. We've only just come out of lockdown, COVID lockdown in the last sort of few weeks. Last week, all of our bars and clubs and nightclubs uh, opened up and there's oh there's God. no restrictions and so cinemas have been shut and I refused to see a number of films not on on the cinema and uh, the Bond movie mm. is is one of them and um, and June uh, is is about to be released here uh-huh. so I'm definitely going to be seeing that in the cinema so we can get out and do that um, so yeah looking forward to that 
Okay. Remy Malik is in Bond. Gotta give a shout out. Okay. Yeah. Rami Malik is I Bond. I love him. Rami. Okay. okay. No, he's not. He's not oh. Bond. He's the villain. But oh, he's, he's a villain. Him. Oh, okay. Okay. See, that's how little I pay attention to Bond. But anyway, I can't believe, you. Talking can't about believe I just heard yeah, that. Yeah. Like, did you really? Oh my god! But you didn't know that Daniel Bond. Craig wasn't Bond. <laughs> no, I didn't. Know, but anyway, <laughs> okay, everybody. Happy holidays. We'll see you back here hopefully soon. This is Killer Casting signing off. Killer Casting was created and produced by Lisa Zambetti. Sound editing by Dean Laffin from Real World Productions. Logo art by April Laffin. Theme music provided by Amphibious Zoo Music.